If chocolate is your weakness, the real chocolate decadence of Flava Naturals Performance Chocolate can be your strength. I've been searching high and low for cocoa products that deliver meaningful amounts of healthful flavanols with great flavor and minimal sugar. So I'm thrilled to have found Flava Naturals. Extensive research demonstrates the remarkable benefits of daily cocoa flavanols on brain and heart function, including a recent Harvard study showing a 27% reduction in cardiovascular death. But you need to eat five or more ordinary dark chocolate bars every day to match the flavanols consumed in most of these studies. Flava Naturals Performance Dark Chocolate Cocoa Powder and beverages deliver five to nine times the flavanols of typical dark chocolate. Their secret is sourcing premium, high flavanol cocoa beans and processing them naturally. The result is decadent dark chocolate with the flavanol levels needed to fuel brain and cardio performance. I use it every day. For more information and to order, just go to flavanaturals.com. That's flavanaturals.com. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. We're talking about small intestine bacterial overgrowth. It's a cause of many gastrointestinal ailments. People suffer from today's guest. Dr. Lauren Marks is an expert on that subject. Uh, he's a chiropractor uh, by training, uh, expert in functional medicine. Uh, Lauren, you're in practice in New York. You want to give out information? You have a website. People can learn more. Uh, sure. My website is is docmarks.com, D-O-C-M-A-R-K-S. And uh, my office can be reached by 212-333-7300. Okay. Yeah. He's one of my uh, good colleagues here in New York and helps up a lot of people. Um, okay. So uh, look, one question I want to ask is, you know, you mentioned that uh, in some cases, there are what are called extraintestinal manifestations of SIBO. Uh, in other words, could brain fog be related to SIBO? Just people who feel malaise or fatigue or fibromyalgia-like uh, symptoms? Absolutely. Okay. So yeah. how, how does that work? I mean, you're yeah, talking well, about something in the intestinal tract. Yeah, well, we can. I mean, first of all, uh, one, another reason for another the impaired motility uh, can be something called traumatic brain injury or TBI. Oh, okay. Um, and, and so um, people who have had concussions, loss of consciousness, uh, had a, a significant fall where they hit their head and so forth. And uh, this, this brings us to the gut-brain axis. Um, so it's a, a vagal nerve issue. And... Um, these interactions between the two can cause a plethora of symptomatology within the brain. Uh, so it should not be uh, ruled out, even if it seems like it is only a brain-type scenario. Uh, the gut needs to be investigated at the same time that you treat that. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I said things like, uh, rosacea. You know, rosacea was always considered just to be a bacterial overgrowth on the skin with an unknown etiology, but you use the antibiotics. And uh, it's very interesting uh, to see, you know, this. But I think that if we pull back for a moment and we we try to understand the role of the microbiota, which is the totality of microorganisms that live within our 
uh, large bowel in our, uh, let's say, collectively our our, our intestine. Right. Hopefully more the large bowel than the small bowel because the small bowel is supposed to have less, but in right. SIBO yeah, by it far, increases. By far, yeah. in the constant, right. So here we are having trillions and trillions of cells that are, or, or organisms, excuse me, that live within the large bowel. Like they did an analysis of a teaspoonful of stool and found that it had something like a hundred trillion microbes oh in that amount. And that that is so massive. And then someone came out with the concept that said that there's 10 times more microbes there are than in volume than there are of human cells that make us up as a person. Mm -hmm. But that has since been largely refuted. And it seems now that it's pretty much a one to one in terms of volume with um, the concentration being a little bit higher in the microbes in the gut. But irrespective, point mm -hmm. being, is that we need to have a symbiotic relationship between the organisms that live within us and the cells that make us up. And that there is signaling, mother. it's not just them and us, that there is a reason for them to be there. There is a signaling molecules that they're actually talking to each other. And so that when we have alterations within these, this ecology that exists within us, that we are going to manifest various disruptions within human physiology. Mm -hmm. And as time goes on, and research continues to elucidate new findings about what is growing in us and how it all works, um, the, the way medicine is being managed and treated now will radically change as a result of this information. And, and so, this actually harkens back to uh, a guy who won the Nobel Prize, I guess it was like 1903 or, you know, early 1900s, Eli Mechnikov, who developed this concept of endotoxemia. And he thought that many diseases were related to the gut. And then they said, you know, that's old hat. You know, this is old fashioned stuff. Let's uh, forget about uh, good old Eli Mechnikov. But now it's kind of come full circle. We're actually realizing how profound his insights were and that the gut uh, influences so many things. Yeah. Now, look, how many look, antibiotic therapy saved billions of lives since its invention? But the overuse of antibiotic therapy mm -hmm. has also created great disruptions within this microbiota. Yep. And it has created things like SIBO as an additional uh, side effect from the process of just eradicating an infection. Right. So uh, let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, how to treat this. Uh, you know, one approach that's used to treat this, you know, you mentioned fermentable carbohydrates earlier. Uh, a guy in uh, Australia, uh, a guy named Gibson, uh, he's at Monash University in Australia, I believe, uh, developed something called a low FODMAP diet. Correct. So uh, introduce us to that. Okay. And uh, is, is that a... Is that a slam dunk for SIBO invariably? You know, it is, it, it's been, it is used concur concurrently with the treatment of SIBO and it's been used alone. By and large, 
you can improve quality of life and SIBO symptoms with a FODMAP, FOB, FODMAP diet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or you can improve quality of life and, and SIBO symptoms with antimicrobials alone. But the administration of both tends to have a much greater uh, effect. And the key is to not just treat it, but to restore gut balance and address root causation. Because if you don't do mm-hmm. that, then you get the classic pattern that over 50% of patients who are treated for SIBO have relapse. Yeah. And that's yeah. the big problem. Yeah. It, I think the limitation of uh, conventional gastroenterology is that the, they now recognize SIBO and they'll even test for it. And then they'll say, um, you know, here, here's some Zyfaxin. Um, and the patient feels better. So it's like, okay, great. Thank you very much. But then they relapse. But then they relapse, right. So anyway, the FODMAP diet was invented, as you said, in Monash University in Australia. And it's an acronym. Here we go again. You know, yeah. uh, It's all about fermentable carbohydrates. That's what the F is for. And then it's like oligosaccharides, disaccharides, monosaccharides, and polyols, which is sugar alcohols. So for those people that have tried those sugar alcohols like mannitol and xylitol and all those others in in a food to avoid sorbitol. Sugars. There's a lot of sorbitol in like sorbitol. chewing up. Yeah, right. I mean, you can sometimes clinch the diagnosis. You know, you like uh, with uh, somebody asked, me, "Are you chewing uh, sugarless gum?" Oh yeah, I go through like a couple of packs of that every day. Like, well, right. don't. So, yeah, yeah. So those and in certain quote unquote diet foods, they have put that in there, and they go, "But you know, when I eat that, I bloat and I have problems." That can be a hallmark. Yeah. Uh, issue with that. But mm-hmm. the point of the diet was is that we, they were able to ascertain which foods create which types of fermentation of the various carbohydrate substrates. And then they pulled them out. And so they came up with that basic and then other people have done their research. And on one, sometimes people come back to you and they'll say, you know, I looked up online and I found one FODMAP diet and it said um, you know you can have white rice and yeah. on the other one it said it couldn't and so um, it's not it's like, it's like the, the gospel according to St. Matthew the gospel according to you know it's a little different you know each one it's a little different you know but at the end of the day the answer to that question is individuality so yeah. One person will bloat on that white rice until the mm-hmm. uh, bacterial colonization has been diminished uh, or overgrowth, and on another, they can do just fine with it. And so I call that immunocompetence and gut tolerance. And so everybody's going to have to um, try to figure out what what works best for them once they apply this principle. Yeah, I, but, I, I don't call it a diet. I call it a, a test because we'll say, do it. Oh, and if you have relief, great. But then start to progressively add back constituents of that. And you may discover that's only a couple of things that you need to avoid long term because it's really kind of a pain to adhere to the FODMAP diet slavishly for the rest of your life. It is very challenging. As a matter of fact, there are some people who have suffered for so long until they get a diagnosis of SIBO. Then they get on the diet. And the first thing, even before you do antimicrobials, if you want to start that way, and they go, oh, my God, I can't believe how much better I feel doing this diet. However, it is a very restrictive diet. Mm -hmm. And even though it can work, um, the problem is, is that if you've had chronic 
got this, you know, issues like this and you've had pain and bloating after every darn meal and either constipation or diarrhea and those symptoms somewhat improved, you feel like it's a panacea and then you're afraid to embark upon moving the diet back into a more varied scenario. Become food phobic. Yeah, I get it. And on a long-term basis, there is there is great ramifications to that process mm-hmm. because you need certain carbohydrates to feed certain good bacteria yeah. in your gut. In, in fact, you know, the very guy who developed this, he, he came up with something very interesting. It, Gibson, he came up with something called Gibson's Conundrum, which is like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, look, the, you know, eliminating all these fermentable carbohydrates can bring you relief, but then you diminish the very same uh, fermentable bacteria that make butyrate and all these healthy short-chain fatty acids that your gut really needs to be healthy and balanced. So, yeah, that's the, the conundrum. Uh, that's of the that's why that's part of the reason for yeah. that terminology. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, so uh, nevertheless, the FODMAP diet uh, is a very helpful diet for people on SIBO. And there are various ones. And Dr. Jacoby did, to me, one of the best uh, variances. And I have them all on my website uh, because I thought that it was such a good resource for people. That's Doc Marks? Doc Marks? Yeah, DocMarks.com. M-A-R-K-S. Yeah. And then there's a little tab on the top that says SIBO. And then the first thing is what caused my SIBO. And then there is the the SIBO biphasic diet where you Mm -hmm. start more restrictive for a little uh, two weeks or so. Mm -hmm. And then you can try to start moving into phase two, which is a little more inclusive. But then you have these other variances within SIBO. You have you have people who have SIBO and have histamine intolerance, which ah. is a whole another scenario. Yes, yes. In, you know, um, where so there is a diet that is SIBO with histamine. Mm-hmm. So now certain mm-hmm. other foods have been removed in order to lower that threshold. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a big problem for a lot of people. That's mm-hmm. not just a little tiny right. corner somewhere. So, so um, no, we can't get, get, just get, this isn't, we don't want to become one note Charlie's on this, you know, that yes, this is an important tool, but don't get hung up on it because people have, uh, different causations for this. I mean, some people may have a parasite, you know, we want to, don't want to overlook that. Some people may have, uh, you know, uh, just a form of gluten intolerance or, uh, lactose intolerance or something, you know, that. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. histamine is part of the equation for some people. Um, there are some people who have it even with oxalate sensitivity, mm-hmm. and and they can't get out of pain until they uh, eradicate oxalates in the diet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have vegetarians because, by and large, when you have removed all of the uh, a large percentage of carbohydrates from the diet, and someone comes into your office and they have SIBO and they're a, and they're a vegan. What are you going to feed them? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to go right? into uh, starvation yeah. mode. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is a serious problem. Yeah. So, Dr. Jacoby and another naturopathic doctor spent two years, and they finally came out with the biphasic vegetarian SIBO diet, wow. in which they figured out which foods, like you could sprout and create these various. Uh, dietary patterns that were both friendly and worked. And so they're all there. That, that, that's a handy tool because there, there may be some people who come to your office and you say, well, no, you got to start eating, uh, you know, fish, chicken, eggs. And they go, but I, I can't. I don't, I'm, I'm an ethical vegan. 
You know, so right. where do you go with that? So that's a useful uh, yeah, uh, variation super. on that. Okay, folks, at this point, let's pause and allow one of our sponsors to share this important message with you. Here goes. This episode of Intelligent Medicine is brought to you by Healthy Aging, providing you with the unique energy support of Pure NT Factor. NT Factor is the only nutritional formula clinically proven to reduce fatigue, whatever the cause, whether it be age, illness, or just being run down. NT Factor from Nutritional Therapeutics repairs damaged cells and restores healthy bacteria in your digestive tract. Clinical trials have shown NT Factor reduces fatigue by almost half, and it even reverses some symptoms of aging. I've been taking NT Factor for years with a 45-day money-back guarantee of nothing to lose. To order, call 800-982-9158. That's 800-982-9158. Or go to ntfactor.com. That's ntfactor.com. Thanks for listening, and thanks for supporting our sponsors. They're what make Intelligent Medicine a continuing free resource to you. And now back to today's guest on the subject of SIBO, small intestine bacterial overgrowth, Dr. Lauren Marks. When it comes to... Uh, some of these natural agents, I mean, yes, we talk about the medications, Zyfaxin, Flagyl, Neomycin. These are some of the medications that sometimes, you know, I'm forced to use, but I prefer not to because they're going to bring temporary relief. And then they eventually, uh, you become uh, resistant. Uh, there's a lot of antibiotic resistance that develops. And ultimately, uh, it's better to deal with this and, you know, with natural agents. Uh, what are some of the natural agents that you favor in treating this? Okay, good question. Um, <clears throat> again, first we have to define whether it is uh, methane versus mm -hmm. hydrogen. And the test will uh, yield that. An overlap, although there is an overlap between the therapeutics on this. Some do better with, with certain variances. Um, but uh, berberine is, is a biggie. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, which Especially is, with the with the diarrhea predominant kind. Berberine is very good. Um, there is, uh, you know, various nutrition companies, uh, you know, have made formulations, and uh, you know, I'm a big uh, big fan of Biotics Research Corporation for their quality and the research that they mm -hmm. do. Uh, uh, there are two formulations that I like a lot uh, that are very clinically effective, which is dysbiocide and FC-cytal. Mm -hmm. um, and then there is a specific type of oregano. Uh, that's another one that is mm -hmm. very awful for eradication. And they have a form that is both emulsified and time-released, so it's moving down the track in the mm -hmm. uh, appropriate time frame. You're not going to just burp it up. You know, that's a problem with yeah. some of those aromatic oils. Is you don't want to just... You know, yeah, uh, belch. Uh, you know, oregano all day long. So yes, it, and I don't, and I don't recommend people buying liquid oregano mm -hmm. oil tinctures. Uh, it's very caustic to the esophagus if you yeah. use it in the concentrations that are necessary mm -hmm. uh, to use them as true antimicrobials. Uh, a blend is good. There, there's a company. I mean, I don't want to just. Uh, I'm not purporting companies here. Okay. Yeah, go ahead sharing information with people but uh there is a company that came out with a singular product called Antrontil uh which oh, thank you for mentioning that yeah that we interviewed that guy uh doctor oh, yeah, yeah uh, a Trantil okay and there's some unique uh herbs in that one yes uh so it, it, they say that it works for both hydrogen and for methane but 
the practitioners in the field have found that it is more effective for methane dominant. Which is uh, good because that's the more challenging type to treat. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so that's a combination of peppermint leaf and a uh, unique herb called uh, quabracho extract from a South American hardwood tree and uh, a saponins that come from the uh, herb horse chestnut. Hmm. And uh, they were able to put that formula together, however they figured it out, yeah. and that it did decrease the symptoms of methane-dominant SIBO, gas, bloating, abdominal discomfort, constipation, and so forth. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, it has a value. It's, uh, I mean, it's one of those, you know, uh, give it a shot because it, it may, uh, f it, it, look, it's not, nothing's universally effective, but uh, right. You know, as you go through the arsenal of natural agents, that is a, a plausible uh, thing to try. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when I spoke to uh, when I spoke to the lab about it, they <laughs> they found that that uh, um, I think it's the quabracho herb. They found that <laughs> cows yeah. were eating it in the fields, and they found that they had a much lower less flatulence. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Right. And that was kind of like the, uh, you know, the, the take on it and said, well, wait a minute, let's mm -hmm. see, is this a safe herb? Is it okay to give to people yeah. and in all concentrations and mm -hmm. so forth? And, and that's how they did that. So various companies, nevertheless, have come up with various botanical approaches. Mm -hmm. And that's really the operative term that they're botanical approaches. Ever use biocidin? So that's another po uh, yep, popular biocidin one. Biocidin is a liquid tincture. It's from got gentian. Company. It's very purple colored. Gentian is a natural anti-parasitic and antibacterial. I think they was a black walnut in there. So, you know, different things. Mm -hmm. It does. It does. And so you have to, with clinical experience, you get to see what works best for you uh, in administering to your patients as a, as a treating physician. Um, and, um, and then, so you have, so we have antibiotic therapy. And by the way, she just want to mention that when what's different about Zyfaxin from the other antibiotics is that it is actually a non-absorbable antibiotic. Right. Which is so nice. Yeah. yeah. So it acts locally, but so when it's a, con it, when it's a diarrhea dominant, it should be used uh, alone. And then when it is a methane dominant hydrogen, then they usually use it with neomycin. That's the classic pattern. Mm -hmm. um, but let me just point also that the graph patterns are only able to identify uh, the methane and the hydrogen gas, but there has been an additional type of SIBO that has been identified, but right now mm -hmm. uh, there is no clear-cut identifying diagnostic test, and it's called hydrogen sulfide SIBO, yes. which is a different scenario, but yet it is a SIBO, mm -hmm. and it is a certain percentage of people that have it. Um, you can Again, you cannot diagnose it on a classic breath gas uh, test, mm -hmm. but there is a criteria in which it's called flatlining, in which the uh, gases are, there is literally not even two to three parts per million of elevation of these gases, and the whole test shows like a flat line. You can infer and, and, that it's hydrogen hydro, uh, And that it can be as long as there is the criteria of symptoms 
that match I that. Get so that's that's a nuance that you know an experienced practitioner would understand because a, a lot of people would say, "Oh, the test your test is completely negative. You don't have SIBO." But exactly. in this case, it's a form of SIBO that uh, where the hydrogen sulfide masks the results. Now, I would imagine with hydrogen sulfide, that's the rotten egg smell. You know, that's hydrogen yeah, sulfide. When you, now, would you go on a, a low sulfur diet to address that? Is that part of what you need you to do? Asked. That would be part of the process. So okay. it is a different, uh, the treatment regime is different. Um, typically, uh, what has been found to date is that if you're going to use the botanical approach, uh, you're going to use that special form of oil of oregano, and you're going to use bismuth. Oh, okay. But, Which is okay. the ingredient in Pepto-Bismol, but you can get a compounding pharmacy to make a bismuth uh, solution for you. Correct. So that, that's the classic approach if you do that properly. But uh, the symptoms associated with hydrogen sulfide have to be diarrhea. You cannot have it's a constipation okay. and have a hydrogen sulfide SIBO. Got it. Got it. Uh, I mean, it, it would be so rare. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, people will have abdominal pain and they will have something typically, not always, called visceral hypersensitivity. Okay. Which, all right, where you can have, especially in women, where they'll come in complaining of bladder pain, yeah. like a cystitis symptomatology, and culture after culture, it's negative. Maybe someone will figure out that yeah. you have interstitial cystitis, which is a non-infectious cystitis, and then that has been improved with dietary adherence to uh, uh, foods that are non-allergic to your system, but you could have not that diagnosis and you could have a interstitial cystitis type of symptom and it's coming from a hydrogen sulfide. So, and, so the, and the reason being is this, this sort of new think now about hydrogen sulfide that it's, it's a signaling molecule. It actually yeah. signals to uh, remote organs uh, to, you know, I guess, create pain sensations. Uh, but this is all cutting cutting edge science. Uh, I wanted to, you know, we're, we're a little limited on time, but I did want to touch on an issue, which is the role of probiotics. You know, a lot of people feel like, oh, I've got gastrointestinal problems, I'll take probiotics. But since this is a condition of the BO, stands for bacterial overgrowth, is it possible that taking probiotics is, could be counterproductive in this situation? Very good question. Um, the, you will find that there have actually been some uh, researchers saying, oh, don't take probiotics. People will come to you and say, I heard that taking mm -hmm, probiotics, mm -hmm. stirring SIBO is the worst thing. Right. And I want to say that just like the rest of the terminology, when people say probiotics, I've taken a probiotic, we need to get away from the generalization of that term. And we need to now move into the 21st century and start talking about strain specificity in probiotics. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the different types of strains make all the difference. Um, there is a well-researched strain called L. ruteri DSM-17938, to be exact, which is the strain of L. ruteri, not just L. ruteri, um, that was studied and showed that with no other treatment alone, 
five, this, this one comes in a liquid in an oil base, five drops twice a day reduced more than 50% of the methane within methane dominant SIBO patients. Wow. Um, then, that's a clinical pearl. Yeah. You know, uh, it, it, it's listed under the name, um, BioGaia Protectus is the uh, only company that I know that makes it. What's it called uh, again? I'm sorry, Bio? BioGaia is the company. Oh, BioGaia, like G-A-I-A. Right, right. And uh, it's, they, they have on the package, it looks like baby drops because they mm. found it was very effective for colic in babies. Oh, wow. Mm. But then it was studied and this particular strain uh, was effective for methane dominance. So I also found that it was very tolerant in the majority of SIBO patients, whereas mm. other probiotics actually could make people mm. more bloated and yeah. have symptoms. Yeah. Um, another one that can be very good is Bifidobacterium HN019, which is another specific strain um, that is available and that it works very well for constipation dominant SIBO. Wow. And, and then you have the a third and a final, which I'll give you because yeah. we don't have to go on forever, yeah. is, is uh, something called, is a non pathogenic yeast called Saccharomyces. Ah, yes. Yeah. Yep. or I, SBC for short, mm-hmm. um, and Saccharomyces boulardii culture, it, it, I like it a lot in the majority of people. Not everyone. Some people yeah. actually can be too constipating. Yeah, for, it, it tends yeah. to reverse the diarrhea. It has a bit of a, an anti-diarrhea effect, and it is antifungal. It, it's actually a fungal it's, species, but it, it, exactly. it, it suppresses the growth of candida, which is the, the bad guy fungus. Uh, you know, look, there's there's just so much to cover, and, and you know, you've been very generous with your time and sharing you. your expertise here. Uh, but, you know, I think what you can take away from this conversation is that uh, SIBO is an important concept, uh, but and it's, you know, it, it's something that is uh, amenable to self-care. There's some things that you can try, but uh, if you've got a challenging SIBO problem, uh, see an expert diagnostician like Dr. Marks. Uh, because, uh, you know, sometimes you need someone who's seen a lot of this and studied it to sort it out because there's a lot of options here. And, um, you know, sometimes uh, different strokes for different folks at the very least, right? Indeed. Indeed, yeah. So um, people suffer a lot with this. Um, And it can become life-consuming when everything you eat creates bloating within your digestive tract and or chronic constipation, diarrhea, or, you know, it it, it really, it can take over. Yeah, and it it can create sort of, uh, you know, like agoraphobia, like you just don't want to go anywhere because, you know, you're always looking for the logistics of, you know, where's the nearest bathroom. And, uh, you know, the social embarrassment uh, that this causes and, you know, what it does to relationships can be very devastating. So uh, let's get on top of this because, you know, it's, it's, you know, as you've demonstrated with countless patients, it's a remediable condition uh, if properly addressed. Sometimes it takes some sorting out. Uh, Thank you very much for joining us. Once again, the website is Doc Marks, D-O-C-K-M-A-R-K-S. D-O-C-M-A-R-K-S. D-O-C. M-A-R-K-S dot com. And you have uh, offices in Manhattan uh, for anyone brave enough to venture into um, the uh, uh, kill zone. 
No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> We're emerging from lockdown here. So, uh, you know. We follow all the CDC guidelines. They're Absolutely. Good. Okay. Hey, thanks very much for joining us, Lauren. Always a pleasure talking to you. It's, it's a pleasure, Ron. And thank you for uh, helping share knowledge of uh, various practices that you put on your show to help people so that they can lead a better quality of life. Indeed, indeed. That's our mission statement here on Intelligent Medicine. Thanks for joining us, Lauren. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. Reinvest in your wellness goals this summer with savings on supplements, August 23rd and 24th only. I'll be offering 10% off all products in my online Fullscript Supplement Dispensary. August 23rd and 24th, two days only, get 10% off and free shipping on my entire inventory of top supplements at DearHoffmanStore.com. We stock one of the highest quality supplements, some of which are very hard to find elsewhere. The very same supplements I prescribe to my patients and take myself. It's the safest and most convenient way to purchase my curated supplements. Buying through Fullscript offers fast, free shipping and optional refill reminders via text or email. It's safe, secure, and includes world-class customer service. Just go to drhoffmanstore.com for 10% off and free shipping for two days only, August 23rd and 24th. That's drhoffmanstore.com. drhoffmanstore.com.